0: Okay Some people say that the number one problem In the teenagers and in the Today and in education Is that too many things are pushed on them Right? And some of us felt that we were, This is a teenager stage You feel like things are pushed on you You're imposed Things are imposed on you And you feel like you want to make your own choices I want to be on my own I don't want my parents telling me what to do. I don't want my teachers telling me what to do. I want to do things on my own. And it's not just by teenagers, It's by little kids also. These days, more than ever, the kids feel like they're entitled to to tell their, tell everyone, all their educators and parents what they want, and everyone has to follow suit. Some kids have some ideas and told age and know Yeah. There's more some more extreme than others, but in general it's this new it's it's the new um, atmosphere that everyone feels like they have, they're entitled to their, of what they want. And they, whether it's good or not good, there's a very interesting insight that the Parsha can teach us with regards to this. When the Yidin, when the Jewish people came across the, the Yamsuf, mm-hmm. right, seven days after they became Hashem's nation, Hashem take, took them out of Egypt, what was the first thing they did? what is the first thing they did the Torah says no <clears throat> <clears throat> the first thing they did was sing a song oh that's right Sing a song and we say it everyday we're going to read it the Shabbos the Shir. they sang a song the first thing they did after they crossed the Yamsa was they sang a song mm-hmm. now the song that they sang right? It wasn't like uh, whoever was in camp, it wasn't like that they... No, no, very simple. It wasn't like someone handed out the lyrics for everyone to then go and sing together. It just says they sing. Everyone's saying the same song. So the big question is how is it possible? How is it possible that 3 million people all sang the same song, with the same words? So they, was, they didn't prepare for it. So there's actually three different opinions in the Gemara of how it happened. And they all learned it out from one word in the Pasuk. They each explained the word differently, but there's three different opinions. One opinion says, Rabbi Akiva says, that they actually, the Jewish people did not, did not even say the words of the song. Moshe sang the whole song. And they, after each like stanza, after each part, they responded like, Ashiru ala Hashem. Like almost like we say, Amen, they said Ashir al Hashem. The second opinion, Rabbi al ben, not ben Azair, Buzar ben Gamliel maybe, he says that the way it was done was not that they responded Ashir al Hashem, but everyone said all the words repeating after Moshe. It was like responsive reading. Where Moshe said the words and they responded. Marisha, they repeated the same words Moshe said. Rabbi Nechemia says, no. It was with Ruach HaKadosh. It was Taka Miraculous. How did 3 million people sing the same song? Moshe opened up the song. But then everyone else continued singing with him. Somehow knowing the words. And Rashi explains, the was with the Ruach HaKadosh. The Spirit came on all of them and they were all said the same words, the same song. Um, and actually the Arachayim, one of the commentaries in the Torah, um, he explains based on the word Ashira. Because the Torah is talking about all the Jews oh, singing morning. together, and if everyone's singing together, the normal word in Hebrew that you would use is Nashira, that let us all sing, let, let us all sing together. But the Torah uses the word Ashira, I, I will sing, referring to a singular person. How, why did it say I shira, I, Ashira, I will sing? The Rachaim explains because it was unique like that. The Jewish people all focused together, they became one, and there was such tremendous unity at that moment that it was, they all felt like one, saying, I will sing as one person. And because of the tremendous, tremendous unity that was felt, the Spirit came on them, this Ruach HaKadosh, and they all said all the same words. Um, and they were all... That's, that's the three different opinions in the Gemara. Now what's unique about all three opinions is that even according to the third opinion, that it was with Ruach HaKadosh, that a Spirit came on them and they all said the words, even according to that opinion, Maisha still began. Maisha still opened the song, which is interesting, meaning, according to the first two opinions, we know why Moshe had to be the one to start it, because no one knew it, right? Either Moshe said it and they responded each word, or they responded, to Allah Hashem, but Moshe had to be the one saying it. According to the third opinion, that it was with Ruach HaKadosh, it was a spirit that came on them, why did Moshe have to open up, right? The Ruach HaKadosh could have started from the first word, there needed to be an involvement of Moshe. And the reason is very simple, because to accomplish such unity in a way that everyone's literally focusing on the same thing is practically impossible, right? Two Jews, three opinions, everyone's different. Everyone's, uh, no one thinks the same. And to have three million people literally feeling like one, all their differences fading away, can only happen with the power of something greater than them. It can only happen with the power of a Moshe which the way we we explain anasi the way we explain a, le- a leader like maisha is that he has everyone is included in maisha everyone in the generation was included within maisha and being within maisha they were all there as one part of one people part of one nation and their differences fade away and therefore maisha opening up the song was maisha impacting and bringing out in them the part of them which is all the same the way they are in maisha's presence the way they are in maisha and being one, they were then able to feel this unity and express it in the way they sang. To the extreme of the third opinion, that says that they literally all came up with the same lyrics together as one. So, if we think about that for a second, that Moisha was the one that brought this unity, we can have a beautiful insight into, the, into these three different opinions of how the song was sang. And we can understand, we can perhaps say, that these three different opinions understand the impact Moshe had on his people in three different ways. The first opinion, meaning they all agree that Moshe had to be the one to start it because Moshe is the only one that could bring this type of unity. That everyone, all the differences should fade away. But they understand it happening in three different ways. The first opinion that says that they didn't even say the words, they just responded to Shri Allah but Moshe said all the words. That opinion understands that what's true, what's the true impact that Maisha can have on his people? The true impact is when they all literally surrender and submit themselves to Maisha. When they give themselves up to Maisha. In a way that there's nothing else other than their leader. And when there's nothing else other than their leader, all their differences and all the things that I don't like about someone or all the things that are unique about me fade away. Because they're all focused on one thing and submitting themselves, surrendering themselves to their leader. That's the strongest form of unity and the strongest form of impact, according to this opinion. Maisha impacted them so strongly that they were able to forget about themselves and to completely surrender themselves to Maisha. Okay, now the issue with that opinion is that if everyone's surrendering themselves to something greater, then what happens when they come back to themselves? To their real self, to who they are, not as a surrendered being. There wasn't really true unity. Because them as a person wasn't united with their fellow. It was because them as a person faded away and they surrendered themselves to Moshe, that's how they were able to be united. But them with who they were, wasn't, it is not really compatible yeah, with their yeah, fellow. It's, 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 he, just putting in front of eyes so everyone's like shaking at the moment. Exactly. But then, when they get back to themselves, they're back to their regular self. Like thunder. You get to a for a second. And then a second yeah. Later, yeah. So we'll skip the middle opinion, but that's where we have the third opinion. The third opinion that says that maisha opened, but then they each sang on their own. That is the strongest type of impact and unity, unity that there can be. That Yeah, Misha op- opened it. Maisha had to, to inspire them and to bring out in them a way that they can all be one and united. But it wasn't in a way that Maisha did it for them. It wasn't in a way that Maisha, that they were surrendered to Maisha and Maisha's presence. It was so strong the impact Maisha had on them that they were able to think like Maisha. They were able to become like Maisha in themselves, in their own mind, to come up with the same lyrics and the same song and the words exactly, everyone the same, exactly how Maisha intended the song to be sung. And such a, such a unity is the strongest type of unity. Because it was each one on their own. Not as trying to be, to, to, to lose themselves and become, just uh, put themselves on the side and focus on something outside of them. No, it was able to permeate and impact them in the way that it became them. That they were able to come up with the song on their own. And, the, the, the same two general um, ways of impact can be understood in every area of life. That's where we started with an education and parenting and in every and, and the way of influencing someone. Uh, true influence is when you are able to get the other person to think like you and to make the decisions on their own in the way that you, that you feel the decisions should be made. As long as you're making the decisions for them and they're just surrendering... your decisions may be right for them, but you haven't really impacted them. Because they haven't really made it theirs. The moment you're not in the picture, the moment they're away, the moment they're on their own, who says they have the tools to be able to reach where they should should be reaching? On their own, they don't have the capabilities. Because you did it for them, and they felt so great in your presence perhaps, that they were able to, to reach wherever they reached. But the moment you're not in the picture, they're left back to themselves. The strongest form of impact and the strongest form of, of unity here is where you're able to get the other person, you're able to educate them so strongly and so powerfully and you're able to really teach them in a way that they come up with what to do with the right decision to do on their own. And they don't feel it's being imposed on them, they don't feel that someone else is telling them to do it. They feel that they're coming up with it on their own. And every parent wishes this. Every parent wishes that they shouldn't have to tell the child what to do. Of the try to figure it out on their own. But not figure out on their own the wrong thing, figure out the right thing. So the strongest type of, uh, of influence someone can have on someone else is if you make them like you. And this is in business also, in delegate, delegating, the number one issue. that people have, uh, have a hard time handing over a job to someone because they don't know how they're going to do it. You want it to be done like you. The, the biggest, the, the strongest leaders and the strongest, um, the, the best CEOs right, are the ones that are able to get all their employees to feel like them and to think like them and to have the same passion for the product as much as they have. And that, that's the strongest type of, of impact someone can have. And it's not easy. But uh, with the power of Moshe, Moshe is able to do it. But uh, when, when it comes to, um, to, to Judaism, it's the same thing. We have to make Judaism ours. It can't just be something that someone smarter than us or something stronger than us or someone someone more um, holy than us makes us feel that this is the right thing to do by preaching to us or by reading what they have to say or by hearing from them. It has to be something that we realize on our own something that we make ours in a way that on our own we will all come up with the same song to sing and uh, be be our own people using our own minds but but using our minds to, to to reach the right conclusions so um, it's very powerful. And this is, what this is, according to this third opinion, this is what happened when they crossed the ocean. Moshe had this tremendous impact on them in the way that they were each able to, to, um, to come up with it on their own. So we wish that we can be, impact ourselves in the same way. And we wish that we can... It, it, it's a whole discussion when it comes to humility and when it comes to surrender. Because there's many different views, even amongst Judaism, of what is true humility, what is true surrender. Is, is true humility when you when you're, um, reach a point where you feel like I'm nothing. And I'm nothing in the presence of the things that are greater than me. And I don't have the ability and the capabilities of being the greatest. And I have to surrender to something greater. That's one approach. A stronger approach is on the contrary. Because some people feel as soon as I mix myself into it, I can't really surrender. As soon as I mix myself into it, I can't really be humble. Hum- humility is when I put myself completely on the side and surrender to something greater. What's even stronger and more and greater than that, and what in Hasidic teaching and the Rebbe preach this, what we consider to be the strongest form of humility, is when you can, you, you can not surrender yourself, but you can become the other thing. That you're, you can put your own ego on the side, in a way where you make your mind and your feelings and your whole being, that greater power that you're trying to surrender to and you're trying to, to, to humiliate yourself to. Meaning, becoming that in a way that you think like that. Meaning, instead of saying that let, let's surrender ourselves to God and put ourselves on the side, let's become God. Instead of saying let's surrender ourselves to Maisha and Maisha will lead us, let's become Maisha. So we can all it sounds... What? So we can all lead. Yeah, it sounds like a play on words, but it's very... It, it, this is it. It's it, it, the true... Um, Surrender is when not I put myself on the side, but I keep myself and become what's greater than me. In the way that I can relate it, and I can understand it, and I can feel it. Um, Yeah, Chaim.